Why don't you clap your hands mightily, mightily to the Lord. He's worthy. He's not dead. He's not sick. He's not powerless. He's not limited. He's a sovereign God. And He can do with whom to what He wants to do anytime He wants to do it. I'm glad to be a part of the church of the living God, aren't you? It's good to be apostolic. Good to be apostolic. Appreciate all the good goodness that this uh, church, Brother Johnson, and uh, this great church has, has done for us. And uh, just thankful for the hospitality. The preaching this morning, Brother Merritt, God bless you. Great word from the Lord. And then Brother Tipton, Brother Tipton, Elder and his son, Brother Dathan Tipton, are two of my favorite people. They're just sweet people. And Brother Dathan Tipton's got a couple of beautiful little girls and one ugly little boy. No, I'm just teasing, just teasing. No, beautiful kids. And I love them, appreciate them. And uh, Brother Johnson, Sister Johnson, good to see Brother Pierce, Sister Pierce out here. Appreciate Brother Copeland, my friend. I'm just, I'm just around all kinds of good friends. But so was Jesus when they crucified him. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you never know, do you? But I appreciate the goodness of the Lord. I appreciate the Holy Ghost. I feel like God has spoken to me. And um, it is always a good feeling when you come to a place, a camp, or a meeting that's brought you in and, and fed you and feeding you and taking care of you. I don't want to come and waste your time and your resource, and I don't want to waste my time. I want God to speak to us. And uh, all these brethren, I don't know how many men, preachers was here, probably 50, 50 preachers at least, and God bless you for being here. Then your good saints that are here tonight, I love people. I love people and um, appreciate the goodness of the Lord. I want to take your attention tonight, St. Matthew um, chapter 27, verse 39. Brother Tipton was all over this today. He even made a statement, and my wife punched me, and I said, he's walking in at Itney, Itney. She's, that's a Kentucky term, Itney, Itney. And I see he's walking in it. But I feel like the Holy Ghost wants to just reinforce today some things in our spirit. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 27, verse 39. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple. And buildest it in three days. Save thyself. If thou be the son of God. Come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priest mocking him. With the scribes and elders said. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross. 
and we will believe him. We will believe him. The Bible says in Mark chapter 15, if you would turn there, please. Mark chapter 15, verse 29 through 33. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself and come down from the cross. Come down from your cross. Likewise also the chief priest mocking said among themselves with the scribes, he saved others himself. He cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross, cross that we may see and believe. And they, that were and they that were crucified with him reviled him. And when the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. If, if he be the son of God, if thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. If thou be the son of God, come down. My subject tonight is the proof of being his chosen. The proof of being his chosen. If you could put your Bibles down, let's close our eyes and lift our hands and voices. Can we praise him? Oh, let's praise him. Praise God, you can be seated in Jesus' name. Praise God, if, if, those precious satanic ifs, if thou be the Son of God. He questioned his identity. He questioned who he was. Not so much the fact the devil didn't know, but he wanted Jesus in his humanity. To step outside of his call of God and will of God. And, and feel like he had to prove something. When the devil said if. 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 A word that expresses condition. You're going to have to prove to me who you are. You're going to have to show me who you are. And the Bible tells us. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 10, is where the satanic ifs originated. And the Bible tells us that Satan said to Jesus, when Jesus was in the wilderness, fasting 40 days, 40 nights, the Bible said that Satan said, if, if thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But the Bible tells us, as Israel learned in the Old Testament, 
even though they had 40 years of manna that kept them. That manna alone does not satisfy the soul of a man. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Forty years in the wilderness they ate manna. And we have shouted and we thank God for the manna that God gave. But I'm telling you, I don't feel like there's much to shout about over manna. Manna was welfare food. Manna was for people that could not believe in the promise. I don't want to live on manna. I want to live on the promises of God. The day Israel stepped into Canaan, the manna stopped. They began to eat the corn from the fields of Canaan. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that they be made bread. And Jesus answered him with, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word. I just feel like driving at home by every word, by every word. We don't need, we don't need, and please, please, take, don't take me wrong, but I'm telling you folks can get into a situation in their spirit where all they want is touch me blessings. They don't want change that comes with the word. They just want feel good. We need more than feel good. There's promises of victory. There's promises of joy and peace. I don't want to just shake a little bit. When I turn around and walk out of these doors, I want to feel a change in my spirit. Satan said, if, 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 if you're the son of God, cast thyself down from this holy pinnacle. And God said he would give his angels charge over thee. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord, Jesus said. And then Satan's argument could have been this. If you'll just do this, then everybody will know you're the Messiah. And you won't have to go any farther. All you've got to do is just cast yourself down. The angels will give charge. The prophets have prophesied of the protection of God over his Messiah. The true Messiah has assurance of protection. I want you to know tonight that Jesus could have stopped the questions of who he was. But that's not necessarily what he came for. He knew who he was. He was going to fulfill a plan and a will of God, no matter what it cost him. And he wasn't going to tempt God by doing that. Satan could have said, you were born in a stable. Yet you claim to be the Son of God. You escaped Herod's wrath, but yet you claim to be the Son of God. You found shelter under a carpenter's roof, yet you claim to be the Son of God. You lived in obscurity from Galilee for 30 years, yet you claim to be the Son of God. Why the desert if you're the Son of God? Why the rocks? Why the obscurity? If you're the Son of God, why the wandering? Why the unhonored position? Why being unattended and unpitied? 
if you are the Son of God. Why all of that? If you're the Son of God, He takes him to a high place, a mountain. And He said, if you will bow down and worship me, He said, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth and the glory thereof. He had dominion over the whole earth from the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. And he said, all you've got to do is you've got to worship me and I'll give you all the earth and the glory that comes with it. The riches, the power, everything you want. And I can hear Jesus say, I know that if I worship you, you'll give me all the glory and dominion of the earth. But he said, I just think I'll go to a cross and I'll take it from you. The last three words Jesus said, it is finished. He wasn't referring to the pain being over. He wasn't referring to the humiliation being over. When he said it is finished, what he was saying is, hell took dominion in a garden, but no more dominion does hell have. I've taken it back. You, my, 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 my. Some of us get locked up in things, but you have nothing to get locked up over. Satan does not have dominion over you. If you want to come out, you can come out. If you want to have victory, you can have your victory. You're not bound by nothing. Turn to your neighbor. Say, I'm not bound by nothing. Your circumstances don't bind you. Your situations don't bind you. Your past don't bind you. Dominion's been taken away from hell. I'll tell you what makes an apostolic church really apostolic is when they know down deep that hell has no power over them. Can we lift up our voices right now? I wish somebody just shout. It's finished. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Take up his cross and follow me. Brother Tipton said it today in John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. There's got to be a dying Jesus realizing the death that he should die. He set his face toward Jerusalem like a flint. I'm not going to back down from it. I'm not going to turn from it. I'm going to go to the Calvary. I'm going to lay down my life. I'm not going to be tempted by the devil. My, 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 my. 
Hey, brothers, pastor friends tonight, we want church growth, don't we? But I'll tell you what I learned a long time ago. Church growth ain't about shouting and being happy. Church growth is about a preacher dying. You die out to your pride. You die out to yourself. You die out to your ambitions. You die out to your goals. It's about a cross. I wish we clap our hands right now. You're the child of God. If you're the child of God, why all that cancer in your body? If you're the child of God, why all that pain in your spirit? If you're the child of God, why all that bitterness coming out of you? If you're a child of God, why is your family messed up? If you're a child of God, if you're a child of God, satanic ifs question. They want to know. If you're a child of God and your God can do anything to whom he would do anything to. If your God's able to create worlds by the word of his mouth. If your God's able to touch the sick bodies of humanity and heal every one of them. If your God's able to touch your troubled mind and bring peace into it. If you're really a child of God, then why are you going through this valley of the shadow of death? I can't tell you why I'm going through it. But all I know is, I know I'm a child of God. And I've learned. I've learned that whether I've got pain in my body or health in my body, that's not the proof. The proof is this, that when I'm on my cross, can I endure my cross and not reject my cross? Can you endure pain? I can't explain why people go through things. I can't explain why people have cancer. Good people. I can't explain that, but I can't explain this. The proof of them being the chosen of God is not whether God heals them or not. It's whether or not they can endure the cross. Jesus hung on that cross and they said, if you are the son of God, come on down. Come down from that cross. And he would not come down. He knew that the proof of him being the chosen of God was not whether or not he could come down, but whether or not he could stay on it. Whether or not he could endure it. I'm going to tell you the proof of you being a child of God tonight. It's not whether or not God will deliver you from your affliction or your trial. But can you endure it? It's not so much about the shout, and it's not so much about the jumping, and it's not so much about the dancing, as much as it is about the enduring. (laughs) 
I wish somebody just lift your hands. I wish somebody that's been going through some stuff tonight would lift your voice, your hands. Won't you lay your hand on somebody right now? My, I wish we'd just pray for one another. God, I pray a special touch on these pastors. God, I pray a special anointing. You know more, son. be a cry come out of this congregation not a cry of depression but a cry of confidence I'll endure I'll endure except a grain of wheat fall and die it abides alone but when it dies it brings forth much Several, several years ago, you could be seated. Several, several years ago, it must be, it must be 20 years or so ago, maybe longer. I was sitting at home one night, and Bishop Puckett, my pastor, my bishop called me. Brother Puckett's very private, he don't talk a lot. And all of a sudden, he just began to talk about some days in Carrollton. And I guess me and my wife had been out evangelizing. We didn't know exactly what was going on. But he said, Ron, he said, for four years, i never seen anybody get the Holy Ghost. In this church, a good church, a worshiping church, nobody got the Holy Ghost. And he said... Right before that, we went through a spell where the church was in a situation with a couple of folks and they just, they just ravaged the church name and said things about Bishop that was not true. And time has revealed all that untruth. But he said, I'd walk down, he said, I'd walk to the post office. And he said, people look at me and turn their head. And he said, I would wonder, Ron... I would wonder, am I really the man for this city? Am I really the man to bring revival? And God can use to bring revival to this city. And sitting in that chair, the Holy Ghost began to talk to me. 
And when he began to tell me about his questioning whether or not he was the man for the city, I told him, I said, Bishop, I said, that ain't the proof. You running ain't the proof of you being the bishop of this city or not the bishop. But you staying was the proof of it. Because after you endured, revival came and touched that city. I want my call no more Hey, pastor friend, I'm telling you things can get rough. Things can get rough in your city. You can fight some spirits and they'll cause you to question whether or not you're the man of God for that city. You're the man of God for that area. You're the preacher that needs to be in that church. But I'm telling you, the proof of whether or not you're the preacher for that church or that city is not whether or not you can get up and leave. But can you stay? Can you endure? Man, when you hang on your cross, you're letting the devil know, I'm not subject to the will of hell. I'm subject to the will of God. He saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking on the sea and would have passed by them. Some of the stuff we're going through is not the will of God for us to be delivered from it. Uh, oh my side. God, I'm in the middle of a storm. I need you to deliver me from the storm. And the Lord comes walking out on your storm. And the Bible said it's He's not His will for Him to stop by. He's gonna walk on by. What kind of God are you? The proof of you being my children. It's not whether or not you've got to be delivered out of every storm I bring your way. Storms temper the spirit of a man. Storms mold a man. Storms are like the fire and the iron's placed in the fire. And it's the fire that softens the iron so it can be molded. That's what your storm's all about. And your storms bring question. And you say, why am I going through this? I've done it. And all of a sudden I just say to myself, I can't explain it. But I know I'm in the will of God. And I just need to keep on preaching. Man, my wife has asked me more than once. Is this the will of God? Is this the will of God? Why ain't this happening, Ron? Why ain't this going on, Ron? And all I can tell her is, we're in the will of God. And I keep going to that pulpit. And I'm going to keep preaching. Because the proof of me being his chosen is not whether or not I can look for a way out but can I endure he would have passed them by what was he going to do I don't know what he was going to do 
Maybe he was going to get in front of the ship and lead them. I don't know what he was going to do. But I do know this. He just gave himself a glimpse to them. You just know one thing. When I don't stop your storm, you just remember I'm still in the midst of it with you. I feel a move. I feel a deep move of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, I feel like God's wanting to take hold of a couple spirits. Take hold of some men tonight. And let you know, brother, man, I got you where I want you. You thought you were out of the will of God. You thought you missed it. But I got you right where I want you. Yeah, you're feeling the heat of the fire of trial. But that's all right. I'm molding you. I'm molding you to fit the call that I've called you to. I'm molding you to be the vessel that I need for this city. I've got to endure. that endures to the end the same shall be saved there's some things God will never deliver you out of but he will expect you to endure I read Harriet Beecher Stowe's novel Uncle Tom's Cabin Cabin talks about a Christian slave who taught himself to read he was sold into slavery to Simon Legree Tom, the slave, was taught himself how to read. And when Legree found out he knew how to read and he was a Christian, he tortured Tom and tried to make Tom live for the devil. And all Tom would do after the beatings and after the scorn, Tom would simply say, when his master would tell him, you need to serve the devil, he said, I believe I'll just hold on. The Lord help me or the Lord not help me. I believe I'll just hold on. Ooh. Oh God, help us tonight. Tom around the campfire one night after being beaten, he saw an image. He saw the Christ. He saw the thorns on his head. He saw the blood, the broken body. And then he saw those thorns turn into glistening and glimmering, shining rays. And he saw the Lamb of God deified and made perfect. And he said, that vision said, Tom, this is what happens to them that overcome. He said, you've got a heaven that's looking for you. There's a heaven that's looking for you. If you can just overcome. And old Tom said, I think I'll just hold on. If the Lord helps me or he don't help me, I'm still going to hold on to what I believe. I'm still going to keep preaching what I've always preached. Is anybody my told on my name? I think I'll just hold on. I think I'll just hold on. When I feel pain, when I'm hurting, when I feel rejected, when I feel like I'm doing no good, I think I'll just hold on and preach a little longer and pray a little longer and live for God a little longer. I think I'll just hold on because if something don't break down here then I've got heaven looking for me I've got a place in heaven
The measure of a man, Brother Tipton said today, is in what he can endure. Johnson, you're the definition and the constitution of you is in the things you endure. Everybody goes through things, brother. Everybody goes through things. But it's those satanic ifs. That drive us crazy. I've seen a little lady come to church one night. Her husband filed divorce papers on her right before church. She came in the back doors and I'm thinking, my Lord, this sister's really going to be down tonight. She's going to be hurting tonight. No fault of hers. Just a husband that felt like he just needed a little younger lady and ran off. And she came to church. I'm thinking she's going to be down. Her head's going to be. When she walked in those back doors, her head was straight. You could tell there was resolve in her spirit. And she walked to the second row where she always sits. And before the piano could hit a key, she was on her feet with her hands in the air. He didn't tell me it was all going to be easy. He didn't tell me everything would go my way. He didn't tell me that life was going to be a bed of roses. But he said, he that endures, if you can endure, there's going to be times, situations come you can't help. But if you can just endure, there's going to be sicknesses come into your body. And the doctor said, you may not live very long, but you just have to endure. That's all right. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm not serving him just for what I can get out of him. I'm serving him because I love him. I'm serving him because I love him. You love I think I'll just hold on. I think I'll just hold on a little while longer. If the Lord delivers me or he don't deliver me, I'm going to hold on to what I believe. I think I'll just hold on. I wish we'd lift our hands and our voices right now. If I die, if I die, if I die, 
if I die. I think I'll hold on. I'm Larry to tell you this next, I know we're on Holy Ghost Radio, so I don't want this to come across wrong. 1998, the Lord sent me to Reynoldsburg, Ohio. I took a church that was messed up. About 50 people with a million, over a million dollar debt. And all we did, man, was just have church. The church was almost charismatic in a lot of ways. It was just shot in a lot of ways. Good people, just things had been letting go. So we go in there, and the Lord gives us favor and helps us and strengthens us. And we pay off a debt way down, and the church begins to grow 100, 150, 200, 250, 300. Good church, good church. And going into my 10th year, right before my 10th year, my home church in Carrollton went through some things. They'd asked me to come back two or three times to take it when Brother Puckett had retired. Never felt it. Loved Reynoldsburg, still love Reynoldsburg. We both love, me and my wife both love Reynoldsburg. I walk in my office one Sunday morning, about 5 o'clock, 5.30, and the Lord said, son, you're released. And I fall out of my chair on the floor, and I just weep for three hours. I weep. I knew exactly what God was doing to me and my flesh was resisting it I didn't understand what God was doing then my church 
my home church. And I'm not an advocate of church splits. Don't get me wrong. No. But there was good people that wanted to hold on to, to holiness. And uh, so they, they split. Then they asked me if I would come and take them. And I'd already resigned. I said, yeah, I was coming. Yeah. So I've been in Carrollton now for six and a half years. It's been a healing process. I'm telling you, church splits are just, they're demonic. And here I am. You know, I wish I could tell you the whole story of this. But but here I am in the middle of this. I love these people that I'm pastoring right now. But I'm telling you, we have fault spirits. Church has grown a little, but not like it was in Reynoldsburg. I was used to somebody getting the Holy Ghost every week, being baptized. Young men teaching Bible studies and go to church baptizing people all week. Different times during the week. And then go to Carrollton. The first year I baptized one person had one get the Holy Ghost. And man, I'd go to bed and I said, God, my wife don't even know this. I'd say, why? This don't make no sense. Why? And I would never get an answer. All I knew is in prayer. I felt like the Holy Ghost was assuring me you're in the right place at the right time. And that's all I had. If we're always wanting God to show us a sign. We are very small minded Christians. I don't need a sign. I just need a word. Just a word. And if I don't get a word, then I remember that he's always in the bottom of the boat. Always. So a few months ago, I felt some things breaking in our city. And just in the last, and a man donated us almost $300,000 worth of land. That really helps. (laughs) But it took six years just walking, not knowing where I was going. I felt like those angels in the throne room of God. I had six wings. Two of them covered my eyes and two of them covered my feet. Then I flew around with two of them, but I didn't know where I was flying. I didn't know what I was doing. didn't know where I was going. All I knew to do was just fly and cry, holy, holy, holy. That's what real true worship is. I don't have to see where I'm going. 
my feet don't have to be clear where I can see where I'm stepping and my eyes don't have to be unfolded where I can see where I'm going. No, 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 no. When I live for God, my eyes can be covered, my feet can be wrapped, and I can just go and listen to the voice and follow the voice of the Lord. I don't have to see. That's what real worship is, folks. Real worship is not necessarily running and shouting and jumping. No, sir, real worship is saying, where you lead me, I'll follow. And this morning, of all times and places, when I least expected it, Brother Tipton walked up to me and spoke a word into my ear. I've heard had a lot of men speak things into me. Some of them happened, some of them didn't. Some of it was right, some of it was wrong. But you know what? You just take it, man. Men have zeal. They want to do good, you know. Things. But today, Brother Tipton leaned over to me. And he said, this wilderness you've been walking through is not for you. He basically told me, he said, you're rejecting it. You don't like it. But it's for backsliders and it's for sinners. It's my. Is that not the proof of being his chosen? Is when you become the puppet on God's string. And you don't have to feel good. And you don't have to necessarily have to be comfortable in it. It's just the fact I'm in the will of God for such a time as this. I love my church. I love those people. I love that town. I love that region. I love everything. I love people. I love God. I love the truth. But I'm telling you, sometimes the hardest time in living for God is when you know you're on a cross. And you know to be in the will of God, you can't ask him to take you off of it. And you can't beg to escape it. And you can't reject it. You just have to endure. But once you endure, revival is going to come. Growth is going to come. Oh, yeah. When that seed dies, it's going to bring forth much fruit. Much. My God, I praise you. I think I'll just hold on. Whether he heals me, whether he don't, I'm going to hold on. Whether my church grows in a dynamic way or it don't grow in a dynamic way, I'm going to hold on. If i got to hang on this cross for the rest of my life, or if God allows me to have a little comfort, then that's fine too. But I think I'm going to hold on. If I get beat by my master, or if my master gives me deliverance, I'm going to hold on. I think I'll just hold on. I think there's a heaven that's going to be worth holding on to. I think there's a heaven that's going to be worth every pain, every struggle, every heartache. I don't know why I'm doing all this wandering, but I think I'll just hold on. I don't know why there's no honor in what I'm doing, but I think I'll just hold on. 
I don't know why nobody pities me what I'm going through, but I think I'll just hold on. I don't have to be pitied. I don't have to be honored. I don't have to be acknowledged. I don't have to be lifted up. I don't have to be bragged about. I don't have to be pat on the back. All I have to know is this, that wherever I am in whatever situation I'm going through, as long as I'm living for God, I can endure anything as long as I know I'm saved. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on and preach. Preach when you don't feel like it. Preach when you feel like it. Preach when you're hurt. Preach when you're sick. Preach. 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 Preach when you're hanging on that cross. Preach when you're being despised. Preach when you're being rejected. Preach when you feel like people are turning their back on you. Preach. 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 The proof of you being the man of God is not whether or not everything's going to be all right, but whether or not you can endure the trial and you can endure the cross. Preach, preach, preach. Preach, preach, preach. 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 Won't you stand with me? In this house, the Lord speaking. How many questions comes to a minister's mind? God, what are you doing in my world? What are you doing? What do I need to do? And all the Lord is saying is just endure. Just endure. He that endures. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. The same shall be saved. In Kentucky, this last two or three weeks, a little two-year-old apostolic girl was found in a swimming pool upside down. Took her to the hospital, put her on life support. She lasted a few days, and then the family had to decide. I believe this is the way the story went out, decide on whether or not to take her off the ventilator. And when they did, she she died. She died. We was laying in bed one night when Connie was telling me about the situation. And I was sitting there thinking about my grandbabies. And I thought, what a tragedy. What a heartache. And I start praying for that family. God, don't let them lose faith. Help them to endure. Help them to hold on. Help them, Lord God whether you deliver them, whether you don't, whether you save the baby, whether you don't, help them just to hold on. Brethren, there may be some folks here tonight that's on the spiritual ventilator. You don't know what to do. 
you've been overwhelmed. Preachers, brethren, I know this, this message is not eloquent, but, but I know there's preachers here. I felt it. Man, there's question marks. I do all the right things. Why ain't this going on? And why ain't that going on? No. The potter's got you in the fire. Got you on the wheel. Molding you and making you. The great smith of the soul has got you in the fire. Molding you and bending you and forming you. And I'm not going to resist the hand. I'm not going to resist it. So on this spiritual ventilator, when you've just about thrown in the towel and you're calling, whether or not you're a preacher or whether or not you're a saint or whatever you want to say, I just want to say one word to you. The proof is not whether or not God will deliver you from this. The proof of you being a child of God is can you endure it? I think, I, I think I'm just going to hold on. Can we lift our hands and our voices to him? like for some ministers great great men of God being a minister I know some stuff you've gone through and go through I wish we would just as ministers would come up here first and foremost and lift your hands and your voices can we do that brother and thank you And then I'd like the good saints of God to come in behind them. Come on in behind them, brothers and sisters. Look at these brethren. I don't know how. I give myself away. Yes, Jesus. I think we're just going to hold on a little while longer. 